Rogue One. Rogue One? There is no Rogue One. Well, there is now. Rogue One. Pulling away. Pulling away. Hey folks, this is Steve Long. I am your host or part of your host team for Rogue One Radio. This is our eighth episode and with me as always is Charlie. How's it going today? It is going uh, rocking and a rolling. All right. We are Rogue One Radio. We talk about everything that Star Wars has to offer. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about online discourse um and a few other things we'll go over some star wars news and uh we're gonna go over our list of our favorite disney era star wars characters before we jump into that charlie why don't you go ahead and let the folks know where they can find us on social media uh sure thing you can find us on twitter at rogue numeral one radio you can find Steve at Otter272. You can find me at CharlesPDK. You can find us on Instagram at Rogue Numeral One Radio. Check us out on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Rogue Numeral One Radio. And if you have any questions or comments, uh, feel free to email us, us at Rogue One Radio Pod at gmail.com. And please check out our Twitter and Facebook pages to sign the Ewoks petition. This is to get the Caravan of Courage and the Battle of Indoor Ewok movies, the Ewok cartoon show and the Droids cartoon show onto Disney Plus to make those cowards correct their mistake of trying (laughs) to let us forget that they happened. They happened. They're great. And they should be on Disney Plus. That is right. It's uh, a link to that is also on our Instagram. If you guys are into that. Um, So, yeah. Um, One quick thing I wanted to mention is I uh, some news about me specifically. I am very recently uh, now a staff writer for a website called the future of the force. Um, While it is. Uh, mostly Star Wars themed, as indicated by the name. Uh, it does also talk, uh, you know, some of the information that's on there is also in other worlds of pop culture. Um, but yeah, so I uh, started writing for them um, just last week, actually. Uh, so their website is thefutureoftheforce.com. And if you want to find everything that I'm writing on there specifically, um, you go to futureoftheforce.com forward slash author forward slash otter limits. That's O-T-T-E-R-L-I-M-I-T-S. Um, I, I've So far, I've only written three articles for them, um, but I will be writing more. But don't just check out me on that site. There's a lot of good writing on there that I think you'll enjoy. Um, Also, uh, in regards to, well, kind of social media, but more based uh, specifically on our podcast here, we are going to try to start raising some money to get better equipment to make your sound experience and your overall podcast listening experience a little better. 
So to do that, we are going to be starting up a Patreon account. Uh, if you're not familiar with that, it is a site where uh, folks of all over that uh, are creators, be that music, art, uh, and podcasting, um, beg for money from its fans <laughs> in order to keep things afloat and whatnot. And there are certain, there are specific tiers of donating um, that get you various benefits. So just to go over there real quick, uh, we have five tiers. Uh, the first one is our youngling tier. That one is $2 a month. Uh, with that, you get not only the joy of supporting the Rogue One podcast and its uh, fundraising efforts, but you also get a personalized digital thank you postcard from the Rogue One radio team. Our second tier is our Padawan tier. That one is $3 a month. Um, in addition to all the benefits you get of tier one, uh, you will get VIP access to the podcast itself. Uh, the Each episode will be emailed to you personally before it is publicly released. In addition, you will get a shout out on every episode, thanking you for your support. Our third tier is our Jedi Knight tier. Uh, in addition to all the benefits of tier one and tier two, you will get a nifty Rogue One Radio sticker at your initial pledge and access to our Rogue One Radio private Facebook group so you can chat with us and yell at us at your leisure. Our fourth tier is the Jedi Master tier. That one is $10 a month in addition to all the previous benefits. You are also going to have access to join a monthly Patreon-only roundtable discussion episode with the Rogue One Radio crew. Uh, Charlie, do you want to explain that one a little bit more and, and kind of give them an idea of what that's about. Uh, sorry, what? Well, sorry, I lost you for a second. <laughs> no, the uh, the monthly Patreon only roundtable episode. Oh, yeah. So once a month, we'll have an episode that is just uh, with our patrons, where we will ask our patrons and talk with them about uh, whatever Star Wars topic that they're interested in. And whatever they want to bring up, uh, we might ask you about what you want to talk about on that show. Oh, and that will just uh, be us connecting with our fans, fans and seeing uh, what they want to talk about in Star Wars. And, you know, and That's just great. really looking forward to uh, connecting with you guys. Yeah, definitely. And our last tier is our Jedi Council tier. And that one would be $25 more or more a month, uh, in addition to all the previous benefits, of course, you will also riskly receive an exclusive Rogue One Radio t-shirt at your initial pledge. So, uh, if you like the podcast and would like to support what we're doing, please consider joining uh, our Patreon, and we will give the uh, link out... Um, very soon. Um, we'll probably start posting the link on our Twitter and Facebook and uh, Instagram. Um, and then we'll most likely announce it on the next episode. Once everything is set the way we would like it. So that's it. Um, 
Now we will jump into our Star Wars news section. So, um, where do you want to start, Charlie? Uh, let's just start with our uh, quickest piece of news. Uh, if you haven't already heard, we now have a release date for uh, the Clone Wars series. That's going to start on February 17th on Disney+. Plus. Really looking forward to that. Oh, man. Um, our next piece of news is... Um, is this more... Is, it's regarding the Obi-Wan series that will start filming in June. Uh, is this still a rumor, or is, has this been confirmed? This is very much a rumor. Okay. A rumor for which I actually have a hard time finding the original source. Okay. Or uh, The only place I see it credited to is a suspended Twitter account. So okay. maybe so... he got too close to the truth. <laughs> maybe. So the... the uh... The news was, or the rumor is, that they are going to try to cast a young Luke Skywalker. Now, whether this is a rumor or not, um, to me, this does make sense. Because how are you, I don't see how you're going to have an Obi-Wan series, which has been confirmed that it's his time on Tatooine. So why would you not have a Luke Skywalker in there? Yeah, well, I mean, it's like, you know, during Revenge of the Sith, they were casting a, a young Luke Skywalker there, too. Yeah. But it wasn't as exciting <laughs> as you might have imagined it. No, no, that was not that was not very exciting. <laughs> um, yeah, and as, as far as, like, a rumor goes, like, if I was going to make up a rumor, this is probably pretty safe. Yeah. <laughs> if I was going to yeah. make up a leak. For sure. Because, I mean, sure. cause I, I wonder if we're actually going to see him... <sighs> He doesn't interact with Luke, as far as I know. Maybe when he's a child. But it sounds like whenever we get into A New Hope, he hasn't talked to or communicated with Obi-Wan for... Well, also keep in mind that in A New Hope, he does mention a person named Ben. So is it possible, perhaps, that at some point in time he did interact with... With this Ben? Well, he he seems like old, old crazy Ben Kenobi is just the crazy old guy in the desert. Yeah. Kind of the equivalent of the old, uh, the old snow shows that snow shoveling man and, uh, in home alone. Yeah. Like the guy you're kind of scared of or weirded out by. But I don't think that also the way he talked. But I don't think that excludes him from ever at, ever having interacted with him. Yeah. So, but I would guess that we're probably just going to be like Occam's Razor. You're yeah. just seeing uh, distant shots of Obi Wan looking over the Skywalker Ranch. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't really care what a baby Luke Skywalker has to say about it. <laughs> really, that guy. That guy's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay so next piece of news is in regard to some funko pops uh you want to go over that one um yeah we just got a, an announcement of some new uh funko pop figures here's mostly uh, exclusives 
Like it looks like we'll be getting uh, a Mandalorian and IG Eleven for Barnes and Noble, a Death Watch Mandalorian uh, for GameStop. Up, oh, Mandalorian with the uh, the flamethrower will be at Target. A Transocean uh, Thug will be at Walgreens. And the Mandalorian wearing Beskar armor, which is the uh, that nice silver armor, will be on yeah. Amazon. Amazon, yeah. Oh, and uh, Cara Dune looks like I can't tell if it's Cara Dune will only be available at Fye or if it's just a variation on Cara Dune. Yeah. Now, but, uh, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, there is already a Cara Dune Funko Pop. Yeah, I think this one just so looks like it just... has a uh, blue armor. Yeah, let me uh, let me look at Amazon here real quick and see what the difference is between them. Um, well, oh, she's whole. It's just a different like stance, I guess you'd call it. But it looks like she has some sort of she has like a Gatling. Uh... Yeah. A Gatling cannon in the Fye one. Yeah. And yeah. And the, the standard one looks like she has just a, a blaster pistol and a vibra knife. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, the face looks exactly the same. It's probably the exact same mold. <laughs> yeah. Um. So really, just kind of the stance, like how she's standing, and the weapons are different. Um, it looks like her hair is actually just like a, oh, you know, I'm seeing uh, purple hair and I'm seeing brown hair when I look at just pictures of it. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, when we find it, when we get our hands on a copy, we will have more information on the differences between the two. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, yeah, because I noticed, so I'm trying to, I think her hair was more looked more purple in the last two episodes. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder... I have to go back and look at those episodes and see if her hair was more just straight brown. Yeah. And in the uh, the earlier episodes with her. Good stuff. Um, next piece of news. I th- This is also a rumor um, that we dug up from... Kessel Run transmissions, and this is regarding a uh, kind of a sequel animated series to Rebels that is specifically supposed to focus on Ahsoka and Sabine. Um, If this is true, I will be a very happy person. Um, Furthermore, the, the rumor states that it should be releasing sometime this year which again if true will plug up a big hole we have in Star Wars content this year yeah because I think they talked about this being kind of coming in after uh, Star Wars Resistance winds down yeah and uh, they've said that Dave Filoni is still attached to some sort of animated project after Resistance, and they're assuming that this is what it is, though he may or may not actually be the showrunner for it. You know, if he's attached to it at all, it should be a hit. I imagine, 
I, I just imagine his roles role is just expanding at Lucasfilm. Yeah. And that he won't he just won't be available just to sit down on one show like that. Right. Could you imagine okay, this is just a rumor and not even a rumor, this is just me saying, wouldn't it be cool if for some reason Kathleen Kennedy does not extend her contract, wouldn't it be cool if Dave Filoni took over as president? Yeah, I'm kind of mixed on that. Um, if if Lucasfilm was just doing like comics and TV shows, I I don't know if I'd like him for the movies, hmm. like the actual theatrical movies, just because I think that's just. But think about what he could bring to it. I think you have him as a co-head. I yeah. think you put him in charge of everything that is not the films. And I think I think him and like Pablo Hidalgo would mm. handle those those areas really well. Yeah, yeah, that would that would be good. But the movie business is just like its own big giant thing that Kathleen Kennedy Kennedy just has a history and has yeah. been working in for a long time. And I and maybe he does. Maybe he's made those connections and understands it a lot better now and that when he was just you know working on clone wars yeah but uh but yeah as a creative force i think he'd be good and interesting yeah just as like a business head i'm not sure hmm. that but that's just you know i don't know dave filoni yeah yeah <laughs> maybe he would be really great at that never know um so we got one more rumor to discuss um and this is regarding the new star wars movie which as far as we know is supposed to come out in 2022 and there will be some sort of announcement sometime this month about it so the rumor um which came from uh, making Star Wars is that the new Star Wars movie is set to be uh, take place 400 years before the Skywalker saga. So uh, I, I kind of like that idea. Yeah, because I think we heard... That's kind of what we heard about the uh, the Game of Thrones uh, brothers. Yeah, brothers about uh, they were going to do something set in the old Republic. Like so, I don't think it's that surprising if that's what happens. And it nah. is an it is an era that I I think would be really interesting. Yeah, I would really like to see that. I think it takes us away from like the nostalgia stuff that I think has been trying to work with already existing characters and just, it'd be nice just to get back to something kind of alien, kind yeah. of just new in star Wars. Yeah, sure. Definitely. But, um, cause that's kind of, cause that's like, yeah, that cause the, like the old Republic game, I think is set like, isn't it like hundreds or thousands of years in the past? I think it's, I think it's thousands. Yeah. Yeah, something ridiculous. Uh, I'm trying to think. So, so this would be kind of like the medieval period. Period um, for Star Wars. 
Yeah. Because we're talking, we're talking like a, yeah, a, a Jedi temple and a Galactic Republic that are working at full force. Um, the Jedi Knights are doing, we'd assume what they're supposed to be doing. And not in the heavy decline that we see them in the prequels. Yeah, I mean, this would even this would even be past uh, the Darth Bane era. Um, you know, you know the the Darth Bane trilogy, which yeah is still considered the Darth Bane trilogy itself is still considered legends, but the character himself is canon due to his um um his name being mentioned in the Clone Wars. Uh, but he, uh, that, that trilogy is set a thousand years before the Phantom Menace. So, <laughs> okay. so yeah, we're talking about even past his time. Um, yeah, so we don't know anything about this time period, I don't think. Not really. Uh, yeah, no. So I, I think this is a good time period to do a movie in because there really isn't a whole lot of information about it. I'm kind of curious how they advertise something like that because I think it was already tough enough kind of trying to talk about trying to advertise Rogue One. Mm -hmm. I think they were kind of lucky just in that Star Wars fever was at an all-time crazy high pitch. Yeah. It's when that came out. So they didn't have to do a lot of work. Yeah. Working just, I mean, people still walked into Rogue One wondering where Ray was. Yeah. And so trying <laughs> to explain that this movie takes place, you know, I guess you could just say it's 400 years before the prequels. Yeah. I don't know. I, I always have a hard time getting into, like, Joe Schmo's yeah. head. Like, even more so, like, if you know... <laughs> just like my parents what they think about like these star wars movies yeah what's going on yeah what is this movie set but uh but yeah i'd be really interested like just in the art design of sign of that uh what kind sure. of ships what what do they do with the ships because you're trying to make things that that look like they're building into what's in the prequels yeah so we shouldn't see anything even touching the original trilogy not only that, but like, uh, imagine what Legends characters, well, if it's 400 years, I don't know. I mean, could they bring in Legends characters and just sure. like, I mean, they could because it's the, it, you know, it's their property. Um, they would just, just, they would just change the timeline of when they existed. Yeah. So, like, you could bring in um, Dash Rindar, right? Like, he's just... Yeah. It's just now he was alive 400 years before. Right. Well, theoretically, uh, the you could bring in a Darth Bane and just say, oh, no, yeah. it, it wasn't a thousand years, it was 400 years when the rule of two was established. Yeah, because I think I think even the canon of the uh, Star Wars, uh, the Old Republic MMO, is kind of wishy-washy. Fluid? <laughs> Fluid is, yeah, a probably good idea term. 
Because I don't think they've ever actually made like an official statement about whether Star Wars The Old Republic is canon or not. Yeah. And as I, really, I don't think too many people care much just because... Yeah, it's just a game. They the don't game care. Takes yeah. place. Takes, um, you know, thousands of years in the past. Now, now speaking of of Legends characters and that game, um, the character of Darth Ravon, the name Ravon was actually recently mentioned in the. Rise of Skywalker Visual Dictionary. Um, it was mentioned as the name of one of the Star Destroyers. That's interesting. Yeah, so I, I thought that was that's fairly interesting. There's actually a lot of really interesting stuff in that new Visual Dictionary. And... Actually, my next article for Future of the Force is going to be a review of that book because uh, there's it's a pretty interesting book. There's a lot of good stuff in there. We should do that for a few. Maybe we'll do that for a future episode. Just like uh, after all the Rise of Skywalker stuff has come out, we'll yeah. just sort of go through it and kind of fill in gaps and stuff. Yeah, definitely. That'd be good. Um, so that was all we had for rumors and news. Um, now we move on to our quote unquote main topic, and we're going to talk about online discourse in the Star Wars community. Um, just to kind of start us off, do you want to kind of give everybody an idea of what it is we mean by online discourse? Um, oh boy. <clears throat> so... We talk about like online discourse. We're talking about, you know, Reddit, message forums, Twitter, Facebook, uh, the online places that Star Wars fandom exists in very strong ways, and how we interact with each other, and how we talk about uh, different topics in Star Wars. Right. Um, and it's spoiler alert. It's all garbage. It's always garbage. You should delete your Facebook, but except for Rogue really One an Radio, for most people, yeah. don't delete our Facebook. Yeah, don't delete our Facebook. <laughs> Just subscribe to us and then delete it, your Facebook. <laughs> um, so there are, you know, there are a lot of opinions about Star Wars from the social media community. Uh, not surprisingly, because, you know, w when you're online, there are opinions about everything, whether it be politics or music or, in this case, Star Wars. There's going to be opinions out there, and not everybody is going to enjoy something the way somebody else does. They're not going to, you're not going to please everybody. Everybody's going to have an opinion. They're going to feel differently about something and they're not going to feel the same way that you feel about a certain product. And that's okay. It's okay to have differing opinions. 
you know, that's really what makes conversation uh, good, meaningful conversation, good, meaningful, constructive conversation. That's what makes it good is these differing of opinions. But these differing opinions don't have to be vitrolic. And, you know, you don't have to treat somebody as lesser a human because they disagree with you. And unfortunately, there's a lot of that going around on social media today. Um, and and to me, it, it's a little depressing because we're all Star Wars fans. Yeah, I think... Um, <clears throat> and that's not to say that if you're having negative feelings... Like, you're not allowed to express those. No, no, not at but all. you don't need to, but, but you have to, I think it's important to know, like, that we need to focus on what we're upset about and express, express those feelings, you know, specifically about that thing that we're upset about. Like, you know, it's like, we talked about this before, you know, I'm not that into uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, it's probably one of my more disappointing Star Wars movies. Hmm. Okay, but you yeah. really liked it. I did, I did, like, but but we have never in any of the conversations we had thus far have, for instance, resulted in name calling. Well, I mean, we can change that today, but yeah, we can so if you far. want. But <laughs> what I'm getting at is, you don't have to resort to name calling if you disagree with somebody about their feelings on a specific movie or a specific aspect of the movie. Yeah. And even just like beyond star Wars, star Wars and just uh, media in general, like, right, yeah. you know, am I upset with JJ Abrams choices that he made on this movie? Yeah. Do I, but I also need to recognize that making a movie is really hard. <laughs> it takes a lot of work. And especially on this movie, they didn't have a lot of time to do to do it. Um, they had a lot of extenuating cir- circumstances. Now that doesn't excuse every choice they made, True. and those choices are there. Some of those choices are very much not affected by the time schedule. Yeah. But they worked hard on it. Everyone on that movie worked hard on it. Yeah. On it, and we're proud of at least something in that movie. And I think it's important to that we're so used to sort of getting angry and tearing stuff down. And that listen, I like tearing into, you know, a bad movie as much as the next guy. But keep those but you don't like find those people online and at them about right. how bad their movie is. Or let's go a little bit more specific or or a little less specific. You don't tell somebody they are not a Star Wars fan because, for instance, they like the Disney-era films or the Disney-era product in general. You don't go sell somebody they're not a Star Wars fan because they like what Disney has done to the product. Yeah, You know, and it's okay that sometimes... You don't like the Disney product? Okay. 
it's not for you. Like, yeah, the Star Wars fandom is really big. It is. It's a. It's one of the largest franchises in the world, and it is catering to a lot of different people. Um, and when we when we talk about the original trilogy movies, you know, the politics, even just the politics of those movies, are pretty malleable. I mean, yeah. when you're yeah. talking about just good versus evil stories, I yeah. mean, there's a reason that you know people of different political stripes of different religious backgrounds mm-hmm. all relate to Star Wars. Right. Because it's it's not saying, the only Star Wars movies that say anything really specific about politics are probably the prequels. And even then that's only yeah. the second and third prequel movies. And and that's only like politics in general, like the interworkings of politics. Yeah. Um, there was with I mean, yeah. some specific like George Bush stuff, but yeah, it is. Yeah, and so, but let's get let's talk about something specific. Yeah. Um, right now, what's going around is the J, people asking for the J.J. Abrams cut of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Okay, the, the Rise of Skywalker. Just as like, and this is just like a technical issue. There is probably not a J.J. Abrams cut of that movie. Um, I don't know if the uh, Folding Ideas on YouTube did a, a really good video about the Snyder Cut and what that Snyder Cut actually means. Yeah. Because I don't think a lot of people understand that there is not like a completed, finished Rise of Skywalker movie that is just sitting on a shelf that just needs to be shipped out. Yeah, um, they'll edit these movies and these scenes together um, so that uh, without special effects, uh, by the time that they have a final an edit of Rise of Skywalker, they've already done whatever reshoots they're going to do. They've done, and they don't do reshoots reshoots just to um, to replace scenes or do anything real big. Sometimes yeah. it's just making scenes fit together. Uh, filling in plot points, and if there is a cut, it's not going to have those reshoots available. Right, right. They they uh, finished shooting. Snyder's... They're not shooting anymore. <laughs> yeah, and and if you do get a JJ cut, it's going to be pretty rough. Uh, it's probably not going to have finished effects. It's not going to have those reshoots available. So scenes aren't going to make sense going from one to the other. The the most you can really hope for is that J.J. Abrams comes out and tells you what some of his original ideas were yeah. for the movie. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Zack Snyder, the Zack Snyder situation is a lot different than this. There was literally a different director came on to Justice League to finish that movie. Yeah. And, and Zack Snyder says he has, you know, a finished cut of his Justice League. And what he means by that is he has some footage just sort of slopped together to pull the pieces of what he wants to happen. And I bet you it's going to look, I don't know, have you ever watched like a rough cut of a film? Uh, Like Blade Runner has a rough cut available. Yeah, I think I did watch a rough cut of that one. Um, Oh, you know what? The Clone Wars, the unfinished Clone Wars episodes. 
Mm, that was yeah. published. Yeah. That's kind of the special effects you should expect. You should expect. Um, that, that sort of storyboarding, it's, it doesn't exist, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> At least not in the way that you think it does. Yeah. And that's even if we assume that J.J. wanted different things to happen in the movie than what happened. Right. We just – we really don't know. It's a lot of rumors that just keep gaining steam. And it's not as toxic as some of the other stuff. No, I don't think that's gotten but, near as toxic as a lot of other stuff. But it's still just, you know, be careful what you're asking for. Yeah. Like the toxicity that happened after the release of The Last Jedi, I think got really bad. And and then I don't know if it's because it if it actually did get worse or it's just that I noticed it more. But after the release of The Rise of Skywalker, this this idea of the the vitriol and and especially like the gatekeeping has gotten much worse. And um yeah, I think I think after the rise of Skywalker, probably what we saw cuz I don't know what you cuz I know after the last Jedi, I muted and blocked a lot of people. Yeah. I and don't so we had so... T- typically I oh, don't, you, you don't I don't block people. Uh because I mean, if if somebody's attacking me personally or just attacking somebody in general, um I mean, especially like on Twitter, if I don't like something I've seen, uh, it's very easy for me to ignore it. So I don't really need to block anything. Um, not to say you shouldn't block, because my personality is different than somebody else's. So if you want to block, go ahead and block. But um, yeah, but yeah, I, I saw a lot of a lot of what I have seen. Uh, the bulk of what I've seen, at least lately, uh, is this gatekeeping thing that just really irritates the crap out of me. Hmm. Uh, like telling somebody they're not a fan because of these various reasons. And it's like, guys, really? <laughs> what makes you the gatekeeper? You know, you're just a random Joe Schmo like everybody else. Unless you work for Lucasfilm. Even if you work for Lucasfilm, you can't tell somebody they're not a fan. <laughs> yeah. As I mean, you know, there's people that have been creating like original Star Wars inspired art and fan fiction and <clears throat> fan films and lots yeah. of cool stuff. And, you know, for some people, that stuff's a lot more real than what Lucasfilm is putting out. Yeah. And, you know, I understand that. Um, <clears throat> I mean,. But the gatekeeping thing is – one of the things that was really bothersome about the uh, the Last Jedi response is that it was very easily co-opted by people with ulterior motives who were who wanted to focus on uh, racist and misogynistic points. Yes. And they used it – they used those fans who were upset about that movie to target certain people – well, who they see, they saw as having uh, politics they didn't like, and 
They very much focus on people like Kelly Marie Tran, and who is a you know a woman of color that they I'm sure I'm sure they saw as an easy target. Yeah, and I mean, didn't didn't it get so bad with her that she like deleted her Instagram account? Yeah, she left she left Instagram because of that. Uh, Daisy Ridley left social media before the Last Jedi. She just posted something about um, gun control. And she just ended up deleting her Instagram afterwards. Yeah. So, um, you know. And I think it says something that it's it seems to be, you know, the women creators and actors in these spaces that get targeted. Yeah. I mean, really, just it's really low to go out on social media and start harassing creators and content makers and and cast members that's just there's a way to express your disappointment but going out and harassing them that that's just sleazy well there, there's no reason to attack uh an actor no um because they don't have that much creative control over what's happening in a movie or the way it gets cut no uh, or what decisions are made and very much, most of the time, it is just based on, you know, I think outward appearance and, yeah, I don't know, maybe partially just people not really understanding who makes those decisions. Yeah. But um, really, just, just going out and harassing cast members because you don't like their character or you don't like some aspect of a movie – Come on. Don't you have better things to do with your time? <laughs> and, and what's kind of disappointing about it is that, like, you know, this isn't new. Um, we're just able to see it a lot more visibly in our day-to-day interactions yeah. because we're on – we're connected on social media. Yeah. So, you know, back in the, when The Phantom Menace came out, this was mm. – it was all pretty much just as bad. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember – the South Park, the way people treated George Lucas during that time period, it was atrocious. I remember, uh, you know, not not on sub such a level as today because of the you know the rise of social media, but I do remember a lot of um, negative reaction toward the special editions. Yeah, and I was like, oh. Well, yeah, there's a couple of things I probably would not have done in that. That was kind of dumb, but but man, you people are getting mean. Um, but yes, I do remember when The Phantom Menace came out and how much hate was geared toward uh, not just that movie specifically, but toward a certain actor uh, because of the character that he portrayed. And I'm, I'm referring specifically to Jar Jar Binks and, and I'm a best, but mm-hmm. the hate that was directed toward him. And it was like, really, really folks, come on. He's just an actor. <laughs> he play- Yeah. And it's again, you know, a person of color getting targeted. Exactly. Targeted on these movies. And it's just, it's just it is it's a it just keeps popping up for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. Guys. 
Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, another YouTuber that I like, um, Patrick Willems, who does a lot of really good uh, uh, video essays about movies, movies and filmmaking. Um, in his review for The Last Jedi, where he's talking about The Last Jedi and why he likes it, um, he put up a post board that says, uh, this is a movie about space wizards intended for children. And so many people misinterpret that to mean that you're not allowed to criticize it because it's just a silly fantasy movie. Yeah. What he means is, is that there's no reason to get as angry and hateful as people, as people do. There's no reason to hold these grudges and start subreddits like saltier than crate where you just hop in <laughs> to have your five minutes of hate every day yeah. for star Wars, because this is a movie that is, these are movies that are intended for children in some part yeah. to have as like fun fantasy. Yeah. And if it, that fun fantasy doesn't work for you, just move on to another fun fantasy. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of star Wars. That's what Star Wars is supposed to It's supposed to be fun. You're supposed to, as a fan, you're supposed to have fun. You know, when you're at an event like uh, Star Wars Celebration, um, the, the negativity is not nearly as apparent because you're all there enjoying Star Wars in its many forms. And, and Star Wars is supposed to be fun. If you're online and your whole... The whole premise of your, for example, Twitter account or Reddit subthread or whatever is specifically to air your hate towards something uh, and air your hate towards people that disagree with you. Uh, maybe you need some therapy and need to find something else to do with your time. I, I don't know. Well, honestly, you know, celebration is about you meet those people in person and you talk to them face to face. And when you don't have the option to just, you know, tell someone that their opinion is stupid and they're a bad person for thinking it, thinking it and then just logging off and you have to still sit there and have a conversation with them. You know, you get to hear different ideas. Yeah. Ideas, And you have to at the very least, you have to regard them as a human being. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and, a lot and of just something that doesn't happen. Yeah, that's a lot of problem with with the way the, these things are done uh via social media is that you're sitting there behind your keyboard and you you don't know who these people are that you're that you're bagging on. So like you said, you're not thinking of them as human beings. Um and that's that's a big problem. Um but you you just mentioned something um, saltier than crate. You're, you're going to have to, to, I don't get on Reddit a whole lot. Oh. <laughs> I do. I do have a Reddit account, but I don't really get on it very much. You're going to have to clue me in on what yeah. the saltier than crate thing is. Uh, saltier than crate is a subreddit that was made after, uh, the last Jedi for people that just wanted to, uh, basically crap on the sequel movies and, you know, the last Jedi, last Jedi in particular, that were not being allowed to express themselves <laughs> in the in the general Star Wars subreddit. Mm. And if you pop in there, what you're going to find is just memes and posts about just how much they hate uh, Star Wars, the 
new Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. So We've is it are these people rejoicing in them failing, mm-hmm. and it's just a just a super negative space. Are, are these uh, um, are these people kind of related to or in conjunction with the fandom menace? Um, I I don't know. I don't know if there's anything like official tying them together, but I would guess that these people very much would be connected with fandom menace people. Yeah. I think fandom menace just hates the sequel trilogy and Disney era stuff in general. Right. Yeah. That's what, that's what, that's what I gather again. Uh, I don't know a whole lot of people that are considered a part of the fandom menace. And a lot of what I know about them is secondhand information. Um, so, if I'm wrong about what the fandom menace is, I apologize, but I think you're right. I think it's a group of people who are just against anything Disney era. Yeah. Um, and I, now, and of, this is where I think it's important. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say a very, very, very small portion of me understands a bit of that. Um, I don't agree with it. I like the stuff that Disney has put out. Now, when I, I am going to admit that when I first heard that Disney was uh, removing, uh, basically when, when they, how can I say this? When they removed the expanded universe and turned it into legends. Uh, you know, the, that decades of storytelling that had been in there. I, I cannot say that I was not upset. I was a little upset, but I understand why Disney did it. Or I understand why I think Disney did it. Um, so it doesn't really bother me that much, but things like that are a source of a lot of negativity, uh, a source of contention um, with the with these folks. Not specifically fandom menace, but people that are very anti Disney era. Um, but yeah, so what 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 is it you were saying? I was going to say that um, I think it's also important to cultivate who you are following and interacting with online. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there's people that I follow that I don't agree with on everything. Yeah. But I understand why they disagree with things and they do it in a courteous manner. And, And you know what? I think for about... And so, like, that's what I'm, like, muting and blocking people, mm-hmm. and I, I get surprised sometimes by uh, the bad stuff that happens on Twitter yeah. because I'm just not following those people. Yeah. Because um, I don't, you know, the people that I know in real life or that I ha- I've had, like, personal conversations with, you know, I don't mute or block those people. Yeah, but anyone else, this is just like, yeah, sure, mute yeah. block, sure. I don't know, yeah. And if and if it's negative, if there's, you know, and when I say negative, I mean, 
there was a lot of not positive stuff going around after the rise of Skywalker. Yeah. That was specifically about the movie and, you know, the decisions made by the filmmakers that I think is fine, especially like if you're feeling like hurt and bad and you want to sort of vent, have like cathartic release with other people on Twitter or whatever, you know? Yeah. I think for, I think like, two to three week period of that is probably good and healthy. If I start, if I start seeing subreddits like saltier than crate pop up that are, that are mates like that exist to a degree and a vitriolic level like that as a result of the rise of Skywalker. Yeah. I'll agree that it's, that it was as bad, but I think, but I think the, the last Jedi re- stuff really awoke a very negative part of the star Wars fandom. It did. Yeah. And I think what's happening now is just kind of, I think it's kind of silly to be personally, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Um, I, I, it doesn't feel, I don't think it feels as awful as the last Jedi did. Maybe Um, I'm just noticing it more. And that's possible. Uh, but, you know, speaking, I mean, kind of jumping back on the, the fandom menace, um, there are folks out there that affiliate themselves with the fandom menace who actually are not vitriolic and they present their arguments and their grievances in a constructive and, and, and not uh, negative manner. So I don't think it's the fandom menace as a you know generally speaking that are are a bunch of jerks that are out to tell everybody they suck because they like Star Wars now um as with any group that you're going to encounter uh not just in Star Wars but in any type of fandom or uh political realm there are going to be bad apples. You know, and I, I kind of, I don't know, maybe I'll disagree a little bit just because, yeah, I mean, I think if you're making a group that is specifically built around disliking a thing that is built on hate in that way. Sure. No, no, no. I, no, I understand what you mean. And I agree with that. What I'm saying is that to, uh, there's not a monolith. Right. Some of those people are okay. Their group is not okay. Sure. But um, cuz I cuz like when we talk about like Raylos, I mean, I think that is a group that was built on liking a certain thing and sort of commuting around it and sort of rooting for it to happen. Yeah. And now that that thing happened in not a great way yeah. <laughs> or in a way that you didn't want it to happen. There's a lot of grievances happening. Yeah. Yeah. Happening. And, and that's where I say like, yeah, some people are, some people, people are in that group are not behaving well. Right. And are harassing certain people. And I think, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to get into certain parts of it because right. it's a little no. bit more complicated i mean overall i i did like 
The Rise of Skywalker. I liked the movie. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to say, because I'd be lying if I did, that it was a perfect movie, and there aren't a lot of things I would have liked to have seen that were not in the movie, and there are a lot of things I think could have been done better. And if I thought that there was an avenue on social media where I could discuss that without it turning into this big thing and then getting all negative, because I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just saying I would have liked to have seen this done differently. But for me to say something on social media, it, it's it's not going to happen that way. It's going to get ugly. So I just don't bother. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's that's just that that's, there's a level of it that is just you know just don't engage. Right. Um, right. Because, engage in the positive, not the negative. Yeah, and that's why, like, yeah, I think you may have like a few, like some good people, uh, perfectly fine people that are in the fandom menace. But it's still a group that is wholly hold, held together by not liking something, right. and I can't, and, and I I can't see where what pot where where that would go positively. Yeah. Um. Whereas, like, I think Raylos will recover after this. Yeah. And can go back to being a pretty positive group. I don't see where the fandom menace goes to be positive. And probably not. And I, and I understand, like, you don't like them, so you join a group. And a lot of people don't understand, like, the larger picture of what they're participating in. That's another element, is that people think that if you just... I'm just one person saying a mean thing to a famous person. How am I really contributing to anything? I'm not a bad person. Right. And they're right to a degree. But, uh... But, you know, you have to take, like, responsibility for what you're participating in. And you need to take account of uh, what what is the larger picture and how many people like you think that they're not doing something all that bad because you're not – because you're just little you with, like, you know, 100 followers. But enough of you, and it hurts people. And – um, and it's just sure. – this is a disappointing way that we sort of justify our actions on there. Right, right. So what kind of advice would you give to a person who um, is either A, being attacked personally because of the way they feel – about something or are seeing something being attacked that is um, important to them in in okay. regards to this this online online vitriol and, and whatnot like what what type of advice would you give to them um, I would say like first one thing to also notice is. Uh, recognize what's happening in the conversation that's already going on. So 
if I post a tweet about um, this specific aspect of the Rise of Skywalker is dumb, and I don't like it, <laughs> and you see it's just a bunch of t- tweets with me interacting with other people about how this thing is dumb or whatever, and I I don't think it's maybe coming into negative positivity with that maybe is okay. But if you see people just enjoying something and liking it, you don't need to jump in and express that you did not like it. Like I remember when rogue one came out and you know, I wasn't into rogue one, but everyone loved rogue one as well. They should, (laughs) of course, (laughs) (laughs) but like, all of my like Star Wars spaces were filled with people just loving it, and you know I don't ju- and I I understand like the and so I understand the urge to jump in and be like, well I didn't like it and I want to I want to express that, but that's not what the spaces are for. Okay. People are creating spaces where they can enjoy a thing and talk about how much they like it with other people, and you don't you don't need to come in. To be a sourpuss. You don't need to come and, in and poop on their parade. Yeah. <laughs> and and sometimes people are like just being sad together that, you know, their favorite two characters didn't have, you know, the proper kissy face at the yeah, end. Yeah. And you don't need to come in and say, yeah, but he murdered a bunch of people. So you, so you should be stupid. So you should feel dumb for having wanted that. That's not okay either. Like, let people, you know, let people have catharsis about the things that make them upset and that they're feeling bad about. Let people uh, enjoy what they're enjoying and try to and just try to focus on either being positive or engaging in spaces with other pe- other like minded people. Yeah. Now, and I think that that can help create, you know, a uh, an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. But I think when we're talking about Star Wars and like fandoms and stuff, that's probably fine. You know, in politics and, you know, larger real world stuff, you should probably be listening to a lot of opinions and exposing yourself to a lot of different ideas. Yeah. But, you know, when you're just doing something that you do as a hobby that you enjoy for fun, just try to stick to people that that you, you know, you can enjoy things together or you yeah. can, you know, you hate them together. You know, it's fine. Sure. But just, but you don't need to be tar- going after other people or going into spaces and being the the downer or the person that makes people feel dumb for feeling a certain way. Yeah. It's like, if you're sad after the Rise of Skywalker, that's fine. You know, um, people invest... <laughs> People invest uh, a lot of time and time uh, thinking and writing and doing all sorts of stuff about these movies. Yeah. And when it doesn't work out the way that you would like, it's fine to feel bad about it. Well, I'm sad. I'm sad about it, but for but for different reasons than than what (laughs) these people are sad about. (laughs) And and I think it's okay to express that, but it's also in you know you also have to recognize that there's a time to stop. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, cultivate your social media circles. Make sure you're in circles with people who are positive and or who express their uh, who express bad feelings in a positive way. 
Yeah. And let other people let other people feel the way they feel and let them have their spaces to do that. Yeah. That's my two main things. And and pay attention to the larger picture of what you're participating in. Yes. Because another aspect of the Raylos is, you know, like like how people of color are targeted, targeted in these casts. Um, John Boyega has dealt with dealt with some of that recently. Yeah. Um, Kelly Marie Tran, obviously, we talked about those people. Yeah. But the Raylos are primarily young women who are interested in a very specific romance in these movies. Mm-hmm. And it is so easy to just crap on the things that young women like. Yeah. Like if you just think about all like the popular media joking about, you know, boy bands, twilight and, um, you know, romance novels, yeah. uh, 50 shades of gray got a lot of hate. Mostly because the people who are interested in it were middle-aged women, <laughs> and it's and it's easy just to hate on those groups and to make and hate the things that they like, and I I see some of that happening with the Raylos. Yeah, um, and I think it's important just to even if that's not what you intend with what you're saying about a group group or a, a particular person that you can help participate in that yeah. unwilling, unknowingly. Right. And so it's important to know, understand what's happening in a larger context. Right. Right. Cause it's, you know, when you're driving, you pay attention to everyone else too. You can't yeah. just focus on what you're doing. <laughs> right. But, uh, but that's my final takeaways for that. Yeah. And I mean, just as kind of a final thought here, just remember it's Star Wars. We're all here to have fun and enjoy Star Wars. We're here to enjoy. We're not fandom and enjoying something is not meant to be negative. Uh, and I mean, this is just my opinion, but if your whole participation in a fandom is to crap on said fandom, I, I if that's your idea of fun, you've got problems. But we're we're just all here to have fun and enjoy the product or to not enjoy the product. And if you enjoy it, great. If you don't enjoy it, great. Just don't crap on somebody that does. That's my two cents. <laughs> So uh, I th- I think that's really all we have to say, I- unless you can think of something else. There's not not really anything else I can think of to say about online discourse. I think we've covered what we wanted to cover. A, a lot of venting, uh, a little bit rambly, but yeah, yeah, I think we covered what we wanted to talk about. Sure, for sure, for sure. So, that brings us to our final topic of the show. That topic being our five favorite Disney-era characters. Uh, Now, you and I may or may not have taken a different... uh, 
a different uh, strategy with this. So why don't you kind of go over specifically what we mean, or or at least what you mean by Disney era characters? Because like I say, my my idea might be different from yours. Okay, yeah, I think we probably have the same idea. I mean, I'm referring to any character that was created after the Disney acquisition of Lucasfilm. Okay, yeah, that that's exactly the way I went. Whether in video games, um, movies, comic books, books, uh, TV shows, uh, I've included. I included all of them. Yeah, I believe. Let's see, one, two. Yeah, mine. Mine is pretty expansive of all products. Um, you want to go ahead and start us off with your number five. Yeah, my, my my number five is a little messy mm-hmm. because I just wrote down uh, the Mandalorian. Okay, and that kind of includes I I could have put IG Eleven or Cara Dune or Baby Yoda in there, but uh, but yeah, I just really like that cast. You yeah. know what? I'm just gonna make it uh, Quill. Okay. That's probably my favorite character from that show. Okay, that's good. From that show, and I think it takes it will take another season to see who really still continues in that series and really uh, stands out. Yeah, stands out over time. Yeah, but for right now, uh, that's a show I'm really excited about to see where it goes in the future, and so- I really like pretty much all the characters introduced, except for that one guy, the uh, gunslinger. The, the gunslinger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about where the show is going to take us, for sure. Um, my number five is from uh, both a video game and a novel. And my number five is It Inversio. Mm. Um. I first was introduced to her in the campaign of uh, Battlefront 2. Um, and being a, a, a big fan uh, specifically of uh, TIE Fighters, um, this character appealed to me uh, as being, you know, a TIE Fighter, a, a member of the Inferno Squad. Um, so as I learned her story in the game, I, I got really interested in her. Uh, and then she also shows up, uh, in the novel, uh, Inferno Squad. So, uh, so yeah, she is my number five. Yeah, she's really cool. I think I have her as an honorable mission, uh, honorable mention. Um, Hey, so uh, my number four, I put uh, Kylo Ren. Okay. And I think he's I think he's turned out to be the most complicated, interesting character in the sequel trilogy. And I think a lot of that is due to Adam Driver's performance. Yeah. And, and I think like as far as, as I like all the characters in the sequel trilogy, 
Yeah. He's probably the one who's like whose character arc I kind of think about the most. Okay. Most of who, who I find uh, just interesting purely like on an intellectual level. Like yeah. I don't have any Kylo Ren merchandise and I wouldn't want to dress up like him. I don't know that I want to like play video games with him or anything. Yeah. But but he's I think he's turned out to be the most uh story and character interesting uh character from the sequel movies. Yeah, I can see that. For sure. Uh my number 4 is from The Mandalorian and it is Cara Dune. Um, of all the characters in that show, her, or or at least the idea of her backstory, um, or, or make it a simpler way out of all the characters in that show, I want to know more about her than I want to know about anybody else. As far as her backstory goes, I want to know about these shock troopers. I want to know what she was involved with. Yeah, her and her, her charisma on that show yeah. um, was almost surprising with some of the other stuff I've seen her in. Yeah. I just man, really so liked that character in the show. She just uh she was interesting. She was like you said charismatic. She was a badass. Uh, it's just, and she had, you know, she had those moments of emotion, uh, for instance, in the last episode when, um, uh, Mandalorian is telling her to leave him, you know, just leave and, and let me, let me die here. And her, you know, showing that she has in such a short period of time, um, I don't want to say attached myself to him, but, but has, uh has become friends with this person and doesn't want to see him die. Um, so there's that emotional aspect that she was able to portray as well. I just really liked her character in that show. Yeah. So good. Um, my number three is Poe Dameron. Okay. And he is just, uh, my most fun character. He's probably the person I want to read more stories about Mm -hmm. uh, the most from the sequel trilogy. Um, I want to read about his spice running days. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Even if they, I want, I want to see how they make it fit. I don't care. (laughs) It'd be fun to see him stealing, you know, stealing cars and uh, smuggling spice. Yeah. And, He's just the type of character that I that I really like. Yeah, like definitely. Movies. I can see that. Now it's interesting that you bring up his spice running days, but the mm-hmm. uh, the visual dictionary actually touches on that a little bit. Oh, what does it say? Uh, well, it discusses how he is the. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but from what I remember, he has um, he has ties to the Republic, like his parents. Um. And then basically he ran off with these spice runners, uh, essentially to rebel against his parents. Okay, yeah, that's kind of what I figured. Teenage rebellion kind of thing, and then 
uh, yeah, and then he 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 came back to his family uh, with the um, with the stipulation that he would join the academy as a pilot for the resistance or for the for the New Republic. So, um, so yeah, uh, my number three was from the sequel trilogy. And uh, unlike, okay, I like Kylo Ren. <laughs> I I agree with everything that you said about him. So not, nothing bad about that. But actually my favorite character in the sequel trilogy uh-huh. is Rey. Yeah, that's fair. I really like Rey. I like... Uh, as I'm sure a lot of people did, as soon as she showed up on screen and, you know, in the force awakens and got, we got more into learning about her. I wanted to know more about her because she was a very interesting character. Um, she was in, in a lot of ways. Uh, I think the focus of this trilogy. Um, and then, a lot of who she actually is and, and when they, you know, they finally reveal who she is, uh, might be a big part of why I like the film so much because I finally got an answer about her. You know, I, I had my theories and I had my speculations about who she is and, and, you know, the internet was a buzz for years about who she was. Um, and, you know, when they revealed that she was, spoiler alert, everybody, um, if you haven't seen the movie, there's something wrong with you. But uh, when they reveal that she is the granddaughter of Palpatine, uh, Palpatine, however you want to pronounce it, uh, uh, I just, I feel like I got, now, I feel like I got some answers. I don't feel like I got closure. Um, which is why I think still, I still want to know more about her. I want to know who her parents were. But as a character and as, you know, the overall Disney era characters, uh, and specifically the sequel trilogy, she is my favorite character. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she has a really interesting arc and and she really carries those movies. And it is Yeah, and she does it, you know, kind of effortlessly. Yeah. And yeah, no, I I completely agree. Uh the only reason she's not on my list is because yeah, I forgot. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I I just never really like I, I never really think about like Luke or uh yeah. you know like Ray or the main no, characters. I get stuff. I get that. Yeah, I get that. Um Yes, my my uh my number two is just it, it's BB eight. I'm not gonna defend this at all. Okay. It's BB eight. It's cute, he rolls around, Poe rubs his belly and he reacts. It's good. <laughs> 
Uh, I like it a lot. Yep, he's cute. No need to defend. BB-8, he's cool. I like him. Uh, my number two is uh, Jen Erso. Mm. Um, really liked her in Rogue One. Um, but that is not why she showed up on this list. Uh, it's it's a big part because I really liked her in Rogue One. Uh, but after I read the novel uh, Rebel Rising mm-hmm. um, and her interactions with Saw and, and just her her life and how she grew up just the the you know what she had to do how she had to live and and grew up to be the person that you see in Rogue One uh just really really compelling character uh and so that's really all the defense I have for why Jen Erso is my number two, because she's just a really compelling character. Yeah. And that's, that's an interesting one where the character is made, I think exponentially better through, uh, literature through literature. Yeah. Yes. Because, you know, I, I read, uh, I read the prequel novel for rogue one. I read, uh, yep. Rebel Rising, yeah, and I, I, I just so wish <laughs> at least some of that, like uh, some of her early stuff, besides yeah. like being like a little dumb baby, was was included in there. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to see her like just stealing some stuff mm-hmm. or just doing some doing some crime. Yeah, and just getting a taste of her character before that movie started. And yeah. I think that movie would have been exponentially better. Well, okay. So it is my favorite Star Wars movie, but I agree with you that it would have been exponentially better had we got more background about her. Yeah. Um, like, her time with Saw. I, I well, uh, I'm, Saw being one of my favorite characters anyway, I would have liked to seen more Saw. But... Um, but yeah, I would have loved to have seen more interactions with her as a as a teenager um, in that movie, and and I don't know, are there any deleted scenes? You know, uh, they got they got so hush hush about the production of that movie. Yeah, movie after uh, after the stuff about the reshoots leaked. Yeah, that we just didn't get a whole lot. Yeah, because we know there's stuff with, you know. Um, that we saw in the first trailer for Rogue One. Yeah, we we have saw with a bunch of hair. We have a shape. We have a head shaved saw. Oh, that's right. Living speech, and I don't know if those were flashbacks or they just changed his look. Well, there was the there was the flashback of when she was in the in the the little well type thing, mm-hmm. and he came to get her. He he was bald then, but. Pretty sure that we see a scene of him actually like walking, walking yeah. through a space similar to what he is, similar to the the house that he's in, and yeah. in the movie now with with the bald head delivering a speech. Yeah, yeah. And that's I, the one where like, what will you do if they catch you 
what will you do if they find you? Yeah, I, I remember what you're talking about. But yeah, I and, just I really would have loved to have seen more background information because the one thing I think I won't say I didn't like about the film, but the, but yeah, the one thing I didn't like about the film is they kind of rushed you into her. Yeah. Um, but that being said, even in the movie, I thought she was a, she was a cool character. Uh, but yes, in the literature, they really fleshed her out and, uh, and yeah, that, that's why she's my number two. Then, uh, then, so my number one, um, I think we might have the same number one, Hmm. so we might just gush here. Yeah. uh, My number one is, uh, Dr. Afra. Uh, you, 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 um, you, you guessed correctly, which brings me to right before we went on the air, I told you that I'd noticed a theme in my list. Mm -hmm. Did you, have you caught it? Oh, you have, you have all every one of my favorites is a female character. And I did not realize that until we got ready to go on air and I was looking at my list and I'm like, Hmm. Well, well, that's sir, odd. <laughs> you are not allowed in the Phantom Menace. Get out. I guess not. So, yes. Yeah, so our both our number ones are Dr. Afra. So go ahead and discuss. I think um, she touches like two aspects of Star Wars that I that I really like, which is uh, old Jedi tombs and just old history lore stuff. Yes. And uh, I, I want to say smugglers, but yeah, smugglers, yeah. rogues, outlaws, uh, the underworld, underworld yeah. aspects. Yeah. And, uh, and she's just a cool carefree character, probably a, a better, almost a better um, successor to Han Solo, the Han Solo archetype. Mm-hmm. Than Poe Dameron even is. Yeah, I can see that. Because I think she's a little bit, she's actually like a more interesting turn on a Han Solo character. Yeah. Where <laughs> she she's still just doing bad stuff. Yeah. And, and there's never really like a moment of her like, oh, you know what? I'm going to stop doing bad stuff. Yeah. Like, and help out with this bigger cause. Like, nah. Right, right, right. I mean, I won't murder your face, but I'm stealing this stuff. Yeah. Uh, which I think is just a, a more, it's, it's just an interesting uh, evolution of that smuggler archetype. Sure. So, outside of Star Wars or really any pop culture fandom uh, in general, um I myself am actually a history buff. So when you couple my uh, love of history in general and then throw in Star Wars, you know, the idea of Star Wars lore and Star Wars history is even that much more interesting. And then when you bring in a character who is all about studying this lore and this history of Star Wars, uh, for me, you've got a hit. 
And as we've mentioned in, in previous episodes, there were some rumors of a, uh, a Dr. Afra TV show, uh, which I still don't know is just rumor or at this point I haven't heard any confirmation. But I could easily, just the premise alone, I could easily see that becoming my favorite Star Wars property. I think, uh, you know, actually, I don't want her in a movie, I don't think. No, no, I, I don't either. I want either. her in a series. I'll tell you what I want to happen. I want her to show up in season two of The Mandalorian and then have her own spinoff show. Yep, sounds good. That would be awesome. And oh. and speaking of Dr. Aphra, her new, her new comic book, starting with a new number one, uh, will start in April. So I'm, I'm okay. very excited about that. Uh, the new, speaking of, of the comics, the new number one of the flagship title written by Charles Soule uh, is already out. Uh, it actually came out on the first. Okay, cool. So we can get... So, if I'm not mistaken, I think that this might be the first list where our number one was the same. Yeah, this is this <laughs> is the main thing that we agree about in Star Wars. <laughs> Dr. Aphra, and, and yeah, Dr. Aphra, it's going to be hard for you and I to disagree on how great a character she is. And, uh, and, and, it, and it shows in the character that you play in our tabletop game uh you play a, you play an archaeologist and uh yeah so that was uh it was very good to have uh an archaeologist character show up at the game i thought that was awesome um so but that's it for our list and uh that is it for our show today uh next week we are going to be talking about uh, a decade of Star Wars gaming. Um, you want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah, basically we're just going to talk about video games, tabletop games, um, anything, any sort of gaming that came out for Star Wars within the since uh, 2010. Right. And and which will basically be the Disney era, sure. And sure. yep, you know, where where did Star Wars start? Then where has it gone? Yeah. On and what is some of our favorite stuff? What What do we hope to see in the future? Maybe. Yeah. From Star Wars gaming. Yeah, I think the future is a lot more bright as, mm-hmm. as far as video games go. For sure. Than, uh, For sure. Um, and then our list next week will be our top five Star Wars games. Uh, so if you if you follow us and you'd like to get involved in that discussion, you can tweet it to us with what your favorite Star Wars games are. Uh, and again, it can be video games. It can be tabletop. Um, it can be uh, miniatures. Uh, a- any type of Star Wars gaming. Um yeah, shoot us up with your with your uh, what you think, uh, you know what your recommendations are. Um, 
Also, if you are a person that is really interested in uh, Star Wars gaming, um, we don't generally do shout outs to podcast on this podcast to other podcasts, which I don't know why we don't do that. But um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the podcast, Charlie, you may, you may have, but there's a podcast out there called uh, the Jodo cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is specifically Star Wars gaming. Uh, and it was it was actually one of the first Star Wars podcasts I started listening to, strangely enough. Um, one of, not the first, but uh but yeah, they're they're a really good podcast, and if you are interested in Star Wars podcast or Star Wars gaming, that is definitely a podcast you should go check out. Um but that's uh, that's all we have. That's what that's going to be next week. Um, anything you want to close us with there, Charlie? Um, you know, just uh, stay positive. Sure. It's okay to feel sad sometimes, and just uh, keep loving what you love. Exactly. And I hope you love Rogue One Radio, and I hope you love it enough to go out to our Patreon when that gets set up, and. Uh, Help spread the love. And that's it. We will see you next week on Rogue One Radio. Have a good week, folks.